0: Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional medicine nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. And that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast, all things health, food, and nutrition, unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. Hello, my friends. We're back. Um, one of the most popular episodes that I've recorded that got the the biggest um, the biggest downloads, the biggest amount of listener feedback was episode seventy two, where I talked about exercising with adrenal fatigue and cortisol dysregulation. It wasn't really intended to be an episode about adrenal fatigue. It was really much more of an episode um, focused on exercise but I got lots of listener questions in response to the adrenal piece. Um, I think the the symptom checklist that I read off in that episode really resonated with a lot of people. So questions came in specifically about cortisol, um, about symptoms of adrenal fatigue, how to test for it. And actually testing was a big one. Um, where can I get the test? Who do I ask? What type of testing is available? Um, Or people had already done the testing and and wanted to know what their results meant. So I kind of uh, package all of the questions that I got in response to that episode together in order to create this resource for you guys uh, today, today's show, and hopefully clear up some confusion and help you better understand how their stress response works, how it can get a little wonky and how to determine whether or not this is a problem for you. So today we're going to do a deeper dive into the adrenals, into the HPA axis, into cortisol, into DHEA, and into adrenal function testing and what some different results might mean. Um, So I'm excited to to unpack all of this. Um, Your Hormone Revival is officially open to the public. That program begins February 3rd. I opened up early bird registration last week. Hey, if you were on the wait list, um, you hopefully got that email. There was a little bit of craziness going on with MailChimp. And um, if you're on my newsletter, you might've got hit twice with an email. Like I don't know what was happening. So first of all, apologies for that. I got more unsubscribes last week than I've ever gotten ever. (laughs) I have such an love-hate relationship with my newsletter because it creates so much anxiety for me because I'm like, do people want this? What's going on? Does anybody want me in their inbox? I don't know. So every time I hit send, I'm like, oh, riddled with anxiety. And then to have like 20 people unsubscribe, I was like, oh, no, not, not good. Okay. Um, but I think it was because they got hit twice and it maybe seemed a little spammy. Totally not on purpose. My apologies. Um, if you were waiting for a spot and didn't get an email, please reach out to me. There there was some error there, so I'm happy to scoot you into the program. At the time of this recording, there are still some spots open. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many spots because who's to say what will happen. Um, I do have to limit, I have to cap this, this program just because I do invest a lot of time into analyzing your labs and there's that one-on-one component of this program so I do have to cap it but I actually opened up a few more spots than I was planning to because I just made a pretty big decision. Uh, my heart is racing because this is the first place I'm going to publicly announce it and I feel a little sweaty. Um, I am not taking on any private clients in 2020. Bold statement, subject to change as always, 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 always give yourself permission to change your mind. We can do that um, as humans and as business owners. But right now that is my decision and I will not be taking on any new clients for the foreseeable future. So the way to work with me, is really through these group programs and then once you're enrolled in your hormone revival um, and you want to go deeper with me that is available to you but for now as it stands that that is how you can work with me that's how you can access me um, I'm as I sort of alluded to last week there is some there's some more individual offerings that I'll be putting on my website. It's really more catered around functional lab testing and analyzing those labs. Um, So I've been grappling with this decision for probably about a year now. And for those of who, you know, who are close to me, have have like engaged in this conversation over and over and over. It was a really hard decision to make. Um, But there was just something in my gut that was saying this is the right thing. And every time I turned away from that intuitive sense, um, something would remind me that this is the right thing to do. And I have really let my intuition steer so much of my life and my business since day one. Um, my business literally wouldn't exist without my intuition teacher, Elizabeth Gilbo in Andover, Mass. She was the one that was like, kind of pushed me to, to start. And um, you know, since then, since 2010, intuition has has truly driven every every single step. So I just have to go with it. I have to trust that this is the right move. And for me, the goal here is to take the focus off of my one-on-one practice for now so I can free up that time in order to create the resources to make my work more accessible to more people. And that is really the biggest driver for me is how to, how do I put everything I've learned put all of these processes that I've taken clients through over the years that I know work, how do I put that into a program? Like that's the magic for me. Um, it's what I love to do. I love seeing, you know, the the group dynamic come together. I love the transformative power of group work and it allows me a platform to do the stuff that like truly light me up, which is the education piece, which is the teaching piece. And I just don't get that same capacity in the one-on-one work. Um, So I have to shout out the, take a moment to shout out the beta group for my Your Hormone Revival. I know a lot of you guys listen to the podcast. So if you're listening, I'm getting a little teary. If you're listening, this is for you watching you guys go through the process that 12-week process and really evaluating your life um, looking at where the stressors were coming from um, making changes having the courage to make change in your life both big and small um, being radically honest with yourselves uh, it inspired me to do the same and like to really hold myself to a certain standard, the the standard that I held you guys to, um, I'm like, I gotta level up, I gotta get there too, and so know that you guys really were the driving force behind this uh, this huge radical decision I make. So I I have to thank you for that, and um, I you know for the the folks who are like, well, what about GI stuff? What about gut stuff? Um, there's some things coming on the horizon, um, for sure. But in the meantime, and I, I also alluded to this last week, I don't always see the best clinical outcome working on the gut in isolation, right? It it because cortisol, because your stress response and really the whole neuroendocrine system, you know, your brain health plays such a role in immune health and inflammation and gut health when we address that first we usually see better clinical outcomes with gi health and that is something that i that i do in clinical practice but not always and i will say that the the folks who spend the time addressing that neuroendocrine piece first usually have better resolvement of their digestive gi immune autoimmune issues um which is why I'm really encouraging folks to sign up for your hormone revival, even if you've got these digestive issues, because this is the place to start. It's really an obvious choice if you have, you know, it's an obvious choice if you have adrenal fatigue, if you know you have cortisol regulation, if you know you have thyroid imbalance, if you know you have Hashimoto's, um, if you know you have hormone imbalance, if you know you have cycle issues, right? But what you're going to learn today is that it's also extremely important to address the adrenals for other issues that you might not link with adrenal health. Things like chronic pain, autoimmune disease, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and yeah gut dysfunction, especially if that gut stuff has been going on for a long time. Um, I'm really excited to see that root cause resolution is getting its time in the sun. Um, It's not uncommon for someone to email me and say like, hey, I've got this issue. I really want to look for the root cause, which is like night and day when you compare it to like a year ago or two years ago, people are really getting more um, acclimated to this idea that disease just doesn't happen in a vacuum like You know, there's a lot of things going on that need to be addressed for overall health and longevity. So that is. Um, exciting. But I would say, and I've said this before on the show, that our HPA access is really like the Achilles heel of the body. And it's something that needs to be addressed first, which is why when I was like creating these functional medicine programs to offer to people, it's why I started with neuroendocrine health. I could have made a gut program and I didn't. I chose to start here. Because it's so important. And I think that, and the the people that went through my first round, the beta round, can really testify to that. And in fact, I have quite a few testimonials that say the same thing. Um, okay, so I do have some spots left for February's program. Um, and I want to say this to you. If you're kind of, if that, your ears perked up and you're like, hmm, maybe that's spot, you know, maybe I should consider it. That spot is yours and i say this because (laughs) anytime i hear somebody say like there's only limited spots available or there's only like eight spots left or five spots left or four spots left uh, that's why i'm not giving you an actual number um is i immediately i'm like well that's probably probably not for me or they probably already sold out like why even bother like I I can't get that and I didn't realize that this was something that I did like I don't understand that what the psychology there is Um, but this week I wanted to sign up for an online program and the person leading it said there's only 24 spots left and right away I went into oh well I guess I can't do it And then I'm like, wait a second, that's so crazy. (laughs) Like, of course I can do it. I'm gonna go to the website right now and sign up and claim one of those spots for myself. And I don't know if there's like some weird self-worth stuff tied tied up into that. So I wanna say to you, I'm speaking directly to you. The spot is yours. If you want it, claim it. If you're ready to start to change your body, change your health, change your energy levels, get to the bottom of what the heck is going on with you finally then claim the spot and as like a little sweetener to the deal um, i'm gonna give you a hundred dollars off if you pay full price the code to use is funky f-u-n-k-y it's for podcast listeners only so if you pay pay in full price you can save a hundred bucks um it is first come first serve so like once the spots are filled they're filled but you know don't sleep on it If you wanna do it, get in on it. Um, I also offer a payment plan for payments of 375, dollars um, The discount code does not apply to that and that's just because I have to pay for labs upfront. So it's a pretty financially um, dumb thing to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm generally a trusting person. I, I trust that if somebody signs up for something, they're going to follow through with the payment piece. But I also have to run my business like an actual business and so I can't just like front you the money for the labs and just like hope for the best. So that is why the payment, uh, the discount code is only offered if you pay in full. And one last thing I'm going to say about that is that a percentage of from now until until the program begins, um, a percentage of uh, your money is going to go to Yoga in Action. Um, I'm going to participate in the Seacoast Yoga Mala. So those of you guys who are local might know what that is. Um, it's a charity. Uh, benefit where we do 108 sun salutations to raise money for this awesome, awesome program, Yoga in Action, which provides community classes and makes the therapeutic um, attributes of yoga accessible to at-risk populations regardless of need so yoga in action shows up we know if you're a yogi you know how transformative yoga can be how life-changing it can be i've said it before i'll say it again yoga has saved my life it saved my life through an eating disorder and it saved my life um, through the trials and tribulations and trauma of a chronic illness So um, let's bring it to more people. Um, And I'm happy to donate to that cause. All right, anything else? All right, if you wanna sign up for the program, head over to erinholthealth.com forward slash hormones. I'll throw that link down in the show notes as well as the discount code. And for those of you guys who are already signed up, I will be ordering your test kits next week. So we are gonna get started. That is the benefit of signing up early is that you get your test kits lickety-split and with the Dutch hormone test, and by the way, the cost of the program covers your Dutch test. So that's a $400 test. The cost of the program covers the Dutch test. Um, If you want the thyroid panel, that is an additional charge only because it's not available in all states. So I didn't want to charge people for something that they weren't going to get, okay? Uh, New York, New Jersey, and Rhode Island are the three states that you cannot order the uh, the, the thyroid panel. So um, with that, you do have to perform that test on a specific day of your cycle, day 19 through 21. So there is a little bit of a gap there um, in terms of timing where um, you might have to wait till the next cycle, or if you're not sure you're ovulating, you might need to do uh, some ovulation tests to determine when to do the Dutch test for the most accuracy. So that's why I encourage people to sign up. I know the program doesn't officially begin until February, but the sooner you sign up, the more you can, uh, the sooner you can plan and get that, that test done and get the ball started there. All right. So, all right. I feel like the weight of the world just lifted off my shoulders because I, I said it also, I feel like I'm going to throw up. It's both. All right. So let's talk about signs of adrenal dysfunction how do you know if there's something wonky going on with your adrenals, with your cortisol response? And I'm gonna talk about what the adrenals are and what cortisol is in a moment, but first let's look at symptoms and signs. One, I always feel like I have something to do. I feel like I never accomplish enough. I think this one goes hand in hand with perfectionist tendencies. So I'm sure I'm speaking to a lot of fellow perfectionists out there. I'm sure you can relate to this. This is something I've certainly grappled with my entire life. In my youth, I got a lot of praise for my smarts and my ability to perform well in school. Um, I think I got a lot of self-worth, like a sense of self-worth from that. Um, So I continued to up the ante on myself. I, I mean, even in college, I've probably said this before, it's something that I just realized within the past few years. I always aimed to either get an A plus or break the grading curve. And if I wasn't doing either of those things, I felt like I was failing. Like it might as well be an F. I'm just going to walk away and throw in the towel. And that's why I quit so many times. I quit school so many times because I'm like, I'm either going to do it to like the millionth degree and like break ceilings or I'm not going to do it at all. That that the there's a saying that perfectionists make perfect quitters and man can I relate to that. Uh if I'm not overperforming then I feel like I'm failing. Um so that creates a lot of inner conflict, right? If you're not smashing goals, if you're not breaking ceilings, if you're not setting new standards, then you're not worthy, which is obviously an exhausting way to live and creates a lot of internal stress and it's that inner conflict that inner stress that is as real it is perceived as harmful as a true threat to your survival your stress response doesn't know the difference Um, so if you've got a lot of that going on that can surely lead to adrenal burnout I'm often pushing myself to do more. Do you feel like you're constantly pushing yourself to do more, more, more? I do think that comes part and parcel with our culture, which is why burnout and adrenal issues are so commonplace. We prioritize productivity and we devalue rest. So of course, we're going to be driving ourselves to do more. Um, you have a hard time relaxing. So like, let's say you do have ample time or opportunity to rest and relax you feel guilty or you feel like you can't sit still or you just cannot unwind your system you're always keyed up um, feeling stressed or overwhelmed frequently or feeling exhausted and burnt out just like i have nothing left to give. I've gone through episodes of total burnout um, this year. You guys know I'm super transparent. I always try to be super duper honest with you guys anytime I'm going through anything uh, physical or emotional because I, I want you to understand that these trials and tribulations and these ups and downs are so normal and they're so part of the human experience, you know, Um, but that feeling of like, I've got nothing left to give anybody. I am all used up. Um, if you catch a second wind at night, so let's say you're like super tired, but then like, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock rolls around and you get this like spike of energy. You're like, I can do all the things. I'm going to fold the laundry. I'm going to Doobity doo doo doo, and then you have a really hard time falling asleep despite the fact that you're exhausted, uh, that tired and wired feeling. Um, If you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, really any type of sleep disruption or sleep disturbances can be a sign of dysregulated cortisol. So if you um, wake up at like 1 to 3 a.m. or, you know, like consistently, that's a good sign that something is going on. If you wake up hungry during the night, That means cortisol is uh, dysregulated as well. If you feel very tired in the morning, even after getting a full night's sleep, like you just cannot get out of bed or you feel like you are drugged trying to get out of bed, you have no energy, Um, ideally we should kind of spring out of bed and be like, I'm full of energy. There's something called the cortisol awakening response, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And cortisol is like kind of one of your get up and go hormones. We know it as a stress hormone, but it also like, we're like, hey, I'm ready to seize the day. So cortisol should start off relatively high and then taper off throughout the course of the day. And if you're not getting that spike, you can feel really, really tired. Um, where am I on my list here? Okay, relying on caffeine or sweet sugar for energy throughout the day. Um, I had, she's a listener of the show. So what's up girl? Um, I had a client who was like cranking like eight to 10 cups of coffee a day, a day, a day, a day, like nuts. Um, so I know that we can get caught in that trap, especially with adrenal fatigue, because we're so tired that we're like, we just need to do whatever we can do to get through the day. But unfortunately it's causing us more harm than good. If we don't have the energy or motivation to exercise, um, having a hard time losing weight around the middle, we know that, or most of us are familiar with the fact that cortisol can cause us to retain weight around the middle, feeling anxious, irritable, or blue often. So anxiety sometimes can be a HPA axis dysfunction um, or just dysregulated mood, feeling emotionally exhausted, right? I'm just, I'm just all used up. Um, feeling like you catch every cold or sickness that comes your way and they linger, linger. So your immune system is just underperforming, having high blood sugar, metabolic syndrome, or insulin resistance, and also having low blood sugar issues. There's a very keen and clear link between cortisol and blood sugar. I've talked about it on the show before, so I won't go into detail here. Um, but we need to regulate blood sugar in order to regulate cortisol. And sometimes the reverse of that can be true. You have to um, support the adrenals in order to manage your blood sugar. So if you're having a really hard time managing your blood sugar, even though your diet is bang on and you're doing all the right things from a food perspective, um, there could be some underlying adrenal dysfunction. Um, Not having any sex drive getting dizzy or lightheaded, um, especially like if you come, you know, you're from a lie down position when you stand up feeling a little bit dizzy, or if you're in yoga and like you do a forward fold and then you come up and you're like seeing stars. Um, And if you have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia, there's almost always an adrenal component to that. So it can make sense to address the adrenals. Okay. So if you're experiencing like, uh, you know, four or more of those things, then chances are you've got some adrenal problems. So let's talk about what's physiologically happening in the body so we can explain some of these symptoms. What's happening in the body to make us feel this way? And We first have to start with the HPA axis. I've talked about it before, but I will mention it again. HPA axis stands for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access now we have two branches of the autonomic nervous system we've got our sympathetic um, which is our fight-or-flight response and then we have our parasympathetic which is our rest and digest response and we really function on a continuum between the two Um, there one is not better than the other we need both Um, they both have jobs and important responsibilities in the body so the sympathetic nervous system uh, promotes catabolic tissue breakdown, it, it promotes fat metabolism, it mobilizes glucose for energy, um, it promotes arousal, alertness, motivation, and goal-directed behavior. So we want some of that stimulation of the sympathetic nervous system for sure. But then at the un- other end of the spectrum, we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, and that imp- uh, promotes healing, it re- promotes repair, Immunity, like proper immune function, um, the anabolic growth for uh, restoration, for energy reserves, for longevity, right? So again, one is not better than the other. We, I think we we take a black and white approach to health, right? We're like cortisol's horrible, cortisol's killing us, and it's like, well, yeah, when it's out of balance. If anything's out of the balance in the body, it's gonna be. It's gonna, it's gonna throw everything off. It really works in an, a symphony, especially when we're talking about hormones like this. Um, so we have to rely on that very delicate balance between the sympathetic and the uh, parasympathetic nervous systems between those two activities in order for us to maintain or achieve long-term physical, mental and emotional health. We need the balance between the two nervous systems and uh, the issue arises, the, 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 the mood and physical issues arise when those things are out of balance, which is very commonplace. So when we perceive stress, I'm going to talk you through like the cliff notes version of what happens in your stress response when we perceive stress, any type of stress. Um, so this could be traffic. This could be, um, childhood trauma this could be financial stress this could be um you know a car accident getting injured right any type of stress the amygdala and also you know what this could be it undereating right so we're going to we're going to come back full circle to talk about that, but under eating, overtraining, all of that is a stressor to the body as well. So the amygdala in the brain signals the hypothalamus, the H from the HPA axis. And so when the hypothalamus is signaled, when the amygdala is like, "Uh uh-oh, threat to survival, it alerts the hypothalamus and then that activates the HPA axis. The hypothalamus releases corticotropin-releasing hormone and that triggers the pituitary. The pituitary gland is the P in HPA axis. The pituitary releases ACTH, which then stimulates the adrenal cortex, part of the adrenal glands, to release cortisol. So your adrenal glands are little triangular-shaped glands that sit right on top of your kidneys, and they release that cortisol, that stress hormone that we talk about and it's not an immediate action, so immediately um, your catecholamines, norepinephrine, epinephrine, adrenaline gets released immediately, like right out of the gate. Cortisol takes like 15 minutes um, or so after the onset of stress, and they rise, those cortisol levels rise, throughout the body, and they remain elevated for several hours. So it's more of a, um, I don't wanna say long-term play, but it's not as immediate as those as adrenaline. Adrenaline, you will feel that lickety-split, you know, like you're in traffic, the guy in front of you slams on your brakes and you're like sweating, right? That's adrenaline. Uh, cortisol is takes longer to kick in and stays in the system for longer. Now the old model of adrenal fatigue and why adrenal fatigue is not really the term used anymore. I'll use it just because people understand what I'm talking about and it's very challenging to say HPA axis dysregulation a million times on a podcast. Um, The old model looked at three different phases. So phase one was you're under a great deal of stress, so therefore you have high cortisol, right? The HPA axis is activated, your brain is telling your adrenal glands to pump out cortisol so on a test you would see high cortisol you would have symptoms of high cortisol phase two is when you've been pumping out cortisol for so long that the adrenal glands start to get quote unquote fatigued this doesn't actually happen that's why this model is a little antiquated Um, so phase two you might see normal cortisol levels because the high cortisol levels are starting to drop. And then phase three would be your adrenal glands are not producing cortisol anymore. So you have low cortisol and you have really deep, profound fatigue. Phase one might look like um, almost like anxiety, like you're running and gutting, You're like ah, kind of feeling frazzled and overwhelmed. And then by the the time you get to phase three, you're just leveled, like can't get out of bed, can't exercise, just have no energy to get through the day. Um, and sometimes it happens exactly like this. And it's nice to put things in neat, straightforward packages, like phase one, phase two, phase three. Um, it makes treating it with a protocol very easy you already know my viewpoints on protocols if you listen to last week's podcast the protocol doesn't exist so it's not always as straightforward as this it's not really the way that it works like i said your adrenal glands don't get fatigued they don't stop doing their job they don't get all used up but what can happen is communication can get disrupted. And the HPA axis is really more of a communication uh, or dysregulation of that axis, or adrenal fatigue is really more of a communication issue uh, between the glands, between those chemical messengers, hormones. Um, If your brain constantly perceives stress, it's going to continue to activate that system. And there's many different ways that this communication system can break or get dysfunctional. I go into more details in your hormone revival. This is all the stuff that we study and like do the nitty gritty, get to the bottom of. Um, But just understand that there's our hormones work with feedback loops. And so again, it's really reliant on the the fact that your your body's gonna be in balance, right? So when it goes off balance, when, when you're we're constantly under stress and that system's constantly activated, things are gonna get really, really wonky. And why it's such a big deal and why I consider the HPA axis, the Achilles heel of the body, meaning that if something's off here, there's gonna be something off like everywhere else and it's very hard to overcome health challenges. It's very hard to feel better to um, have energy, to you know, have an appropriate body weight if you have issues with the HPA axis, if your body's constantly perceiving stress. So one thing is it has massive effects on the thyroid. The HPA axis is what we've been talking about, but there's also something called the HPT axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis. Um, They both have those two glands in common, the hypothalamus and the pituitary, right? Those are the common denominators. Now, stress has that direct effect on the hypothalamus that we talked about. And so therefore, it has a downstream effect on both the adrenals and cortisol output, as well as the thyroid gland and thyroid hormone output. Okay? So any type of stress, whether that's psychological stress, trauma, emotional stress, gut dysbiosis, because you've got an infection in the gut, uh, chronic infections in the body, allergies, xenobiotics, any of these things can impact both the adrenals and the thyroid. And there are some inhibitory effects of cortisol on the whole thyroid communication system, as well as uh, cortico releasing hormones. They have inhibitory effects on the thyroid, so they can block conversion from T4 to active thyroid hormone T3. Um, They can impact your TSH output, thyroid stimulating hormone. They can put the brakes on your thyroid, which is why we look at reverse T3 in your hormone revival in that thyroid panel. If reverse T3 is high, we're like, whoa, we know something's going on with the stress response. It also has an effect on the immune system. So cortisol, stress and high cortisol can lower secretory IgA. Um, I love secretory IgA. I talk about it all the time. It's the main antibody in our mucosal surfaces. So like our mucosal layers, which are all over the place, anywhere we need immunity, our nose, our mouths, our gut, our vagina, it's that slippery surface that where the immune system resides, uh, and it's critical for protecting us from pathogens and from toxins. So when secretory IgA is low is suppressed in response to cortisol, our immune system is gonna gonna be suppressed. So we are gonna you know catch every single cold and flu that comes around, and they are going to linger. Um, it can also affect wound healing a little bit. Um, in relation to the gut, if gut secretory IgA is low, then we can have more food sensitivities. So for the folks who are like I need gut work because I have all of these food sensitivities. It's like, whoa, 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 back it up, back it all the way up to the brain, start with the brain first. Like we talked about in last week's episode, digestion is a top down process and you have to start at the top. You can't just make a beeline right to the gut all the time. You got to start in the brain, uh, start with the HPA access. Um, as a bonus for this round, I am like geeking out excited about this. I don't know why. These are the things that excite me, but I'm doing two different guided meditations. So one, and they're specifically designed to increase secretory IGA. If that is not the geekiest thing I've ever said, then I don't know what is, Um, but this is the stuff that like really fires me up. So one is going to be um, a daily, just like a short daily meditation that you can do. And then one's going to be a longer one that you can do, you know, a couple of times a week or once a week um to try to increase that secretory iga it is such a tricky thing to increase if you know you have low secretory iga you feel me on this um it's tricky all right i was talking about the cortisol awakening response earlier Um, this plays a very big role in your immune system so again just to repeat cortisol should rise quickly upon awakening, uh uh, because that's like your your get up and go right the light goes directly into your eyeballs and we go through this whole mechanism this whole process in your hormone revival and it tells your brain it's time to get up and go your cortisol awakening response can affect autoimmune systems so if your cortisol flatlines or decreases in the morning if it doesn't spike Bad immune cells aren't flagged for destruction, and this can worsen your autoimmune disease or your at least your autoimmune symptoms. Um, this is obviously extremely important to me as somebody who deals with autoimmunity. Um, so assess how is your energy in the morning, right? Like if you're that type of person that's like ugh, dragging, but when you wake up and you get out of bed, then we gotta we gotta look at this. We gotta assess using um, some functional labs, like how you're doing, where you're at. Um, Cortisol also has a very direct effect on inflammation. Cortisol is a potent anti-inflammatory. If you think about cortisone injections, right? You have an injury, you have inflammation in the body. We give you a dose of cortisol, not we. I am not injecting people with anything. (laughs) That would be weird. Um, But if you have, so if you have low levels of cortisol, You inflammation kind of run amok in your body. It just, inflammation goes unchecked because you don't have that natural anti-inflammatory coursing through the body. So this is why if you do have, quote unquote, adrenal fatigue, if you're just worn down, um, then um, you might be in more pain, you might have more inflammation in your body. But here's the interesting thing. Low, long-term high cortisol has a similar effect. So basically, if you're under chronic stress, cortisol fails to function appropriately. It fails to have that powerful and necessary anti-inflammatory action in the body. So both low levels of cortisol and high levels of cortisol, basically any type of cortisol dysregulation can contribute to widespread inflammation and even pain in the body. And then we also wanna talk about the effect that um, cortisol and HPA axis dysfunction can have on hormonal imbalance, fertility, reproduction, sex hormones, it's a very big link. And listen, this is why if somebody's coming to me with um, sex hormone imbalance, we have to start with the adrenals. Um, so in the case of chronic stress, we can use progesterone to produce cortisol. progesterone being one of our of our hormones, right? Basically, we shunt resources away from reproductive health toward survival. We need um, progesterone because we're always gonna we're always gonna prioritize, survival, immediate survival over reproduction, right? Um, It doesn't make sense if our body is under chronic stress or our body is thinking we're in a life or death situation, it doesn't make sense to reproduce, right? It makes sense to utilize all of our resources for immediate survival. We just are in uh, survival mode we're not thinking about thriving and feeling good and healing wounds and reproducing bringing the next generation into this big scary world it just doesn't make any sense but the problem is when we're converting a lot of progesterone over into cortisol under stress then estrogen goes unchecked and we need Progesterone, talk about a balance, man. We need progesterone um, to counteract the effects of estrogen. Estrogen's awesome, but when it goes unchecked without progesterone, it's kind of like the yin and the yang. um, It can create a lot of um, unpleasant symptoms in the body. It can contribute to things like PMS, weight gain, fibrocystic breasts fibroids, endometriosis, um, abnormal menstruation, fatigue, reduced sex drive, depression, anxiety. Oh, progesterone is like the anti-anxiety hormone. So if you're under stress and you're underproducing progesterone, you're going to feel like an anxious mess. Um, It can also contribute to bloating, breast tenderness, mood swings, brain fog, and insomnia. Those are all symptoms of estrogen dominance, which is a very big part of your hormone revival. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, how am I already at 40 minutes? I don't have time to get into this in more detail, but if this, if you're like, if I'm like speaking your language, if if you're like, you're describing me, sign up for your hormone revival, like press pause, head to the website, grab the coupon code, save yourself a 100 bucks, and sign yourself up right now. This is like the jump off of YHR. Um, Stress can also cause an anovulatory cycle. So that is a menstrual cycle in which there's no ovulation. And when you don't ovulate, you don't produce progesterone. You don't make any progesterone. Um, So obviously that can also lead to all of those symptoms I just described. Now some common reasons for an anovulatory cycle would be under eating calories. It would be under eating carbohydrate. It would be overtraining or a combination of both or all three. And quite frankly, this is a very common way that people do develop adrenal fatigue in the first place. So you've got adrenal issues. Now you've got thyroid, excuse me, you've got hormonal imbalance. Um, so we use certain ways to determine if you're ovulating in your hormone revival, but some symptoms of an anovulatory cycle would look like highly irregular periods. um, just like erratic. You can't track them. You can't trace them cycles that are shorter than 21 days or longer than 36 days, or you don't bleed at all. You get no period. Again, if this is you, you would be a good candidate for your hormone, a revival. And now let's also talk because you know we talk a lot on the show about gut health. Um, let's also discuss um, how stress and cortisol can impact your gut. When your stress response increases, this lowers the immune response in the gut. Um, you're at more at risk for pathogens. It starts to break down the lining of the guts. we talked about leaky gut last week. Um, excess cortisol puts you in a catabolic state. It is body tissue breakdown. So when you're under stress and you're pumping out cortisol, your body's like, break, break down, steady break me down, everything's getting broken down down. That also includes the lining of the gut. So we break down the lining of the gut in order to free up amino acids to use them for fuel during times of stress. So stress literally causes leaky gut. Um, and then, furthermore, when we're in a catabolic state, when we're in that breakdown state, we cannot regenerate the gut. Again, we talked about that last episode how we can, we have this innate ability to heal and repair our own gut lining. But guess what? If you're under stress, if your HPA axis is activated, that is not happening, um, which is why the adrenals, the hpa axis is really the achilles heel of the body it even impacts um your your gut um remember that the lining of the small intestine is a barrier so when that barrier starts to break down um, like we get with leaky gut or intestinal permeability, major problems start to arise like nutrient deficiencies right you're not absorbing the, the the nutrients from the food that you eat so you can eat a squeaky clean diet but if you're unable to access the nutrients because your gut lining is broken down you know that's a problem that's a problem. Twofold. Obviously, you're just not getting the requisite nutrients your body needs. But when you're under stress, your nutrient demands increase, especially things like B vitamins, vitamin C, zinc, magnesium. We really burn through those in a state of stress. So we actually, under stress, under chronic stress, we actually need more nutrition, more targeted uh, nutrients. This is something I go into in the hormone program because sometimes your Sometimes you're under stress and there's things you can do about it, but sometimes you're under acute stress and there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. So let me give an example um, of postpartum, okay? Um, that is a highly stressful time. Your body just went through massive trauma in order to birth a live being. And again, I always like quip that our culture is like overlooks the fact that we just performed this majorly massive um like crazy event and we just pay no mind to it, right? We're like back to work 6 weeks later getting blowouts and like putting on eyelashes. And I mean <laughs> um like get, you know, get after your stuff if that's what like makes your heart sing and makes you feel human again totally, but there's just this this cultural like we ignore the fact that birth is like major trauma to the body. I mean, we're designed to do it. We're capable of doing it. We can handle it, but also major trauma that requires like profound rest in rehab that we do not allow ourselves. And Hey, guess what? Postpartum really crazy time for adrenal issues and thyroid issues because of this. Um, so, But there's really like, so you're not sleeping, right? Maybe you're breastfeeding. So that's like a big demand on your body, an extra demand. You're trying to recover You're if you're like a new mom, you're like, what the F just happened? Who am I? So you're going through like this internal like crisis um, of like, who am I? How do I exist in this world as a mother? Like there's so many things going on but you really can't do anything about it, right? You just kind of have to like sit in that stew until, you know, the next phase of your life or your child's life comes around. And so when we're in periods of stress that we really can't do a whole lot about, or let's say like you've got a, a, a work deadline and you have to like really push yourself. One of my clients had this cyclical job where she went through periods of like heavy duty pushing, like she had to, um, you know, like work crazy hours, and then she came down on the downswing. And so during those times of stress that we know we're going to be under stress, there's a lot of things we can do to support ourselves so our whole like being doesn't come undone. And I think that's a really important thing to drive home because Um, all stress isn't bad, you know, like we cannot get through life without stress. You know, stress is going to happen. It's part of our existence. It's just trying to understand how to manage that stress, how to support our bodies through those stressful periods that are going to happen. So I just went off on a total tangent there. But one thing that we, we discuss in my hormone program is exactly that. Okay. Like, let's say you're going through a stressful time what can we do to shore you up? Um, when we're, when we're in in a lot of stress and we start to break down and get that leaky gut that can also contribute to systemic inflammation. So stress causes inflammation two different ways. One is that dysregulated cortisol. We lose that pro inflammatory effect, or excuse me, that anti-inflammatory effect. And then two, we're getting system systemic inflammation via the gut. And then finally, um, this can trigger autoimmunity. So this is my autoimmunity got tripped up uh, in that postpartum period because I was under such a significant amount of stress um, that that was like the trigger. With any type of autoimmune disease, there's always a trigger that kind of sets off those genes and stress is a huge one. And in fact, I'm going to share this with you. I wasn't going to, it's a little bit private, but um, I um recently like this week like post christmas i've been experiencing a lot of autoimmune symptoms and i'm like what the f um this thing again and i try not to get in my head about it but i totally do and so i went into my um what i tend to do because trauma of chronic illness is a real thing and it's like almost like a PTSD effect of getting sick, especially if you were the type of person that went through the ringer and kept saying something's wrong and nobody believed you and it took a very long time to get a diagnosis. If you even get a diagnosis, there's a lot of trauma wrapped up in that. And you know, if I'm speaking, it, it, you know, you can certainly relate if you've lived a similar experience. And so anytime physical symptoms pop up, I go into this like, total fear spiral. And I've gotten better throughout the years of dealing with that fear spiral, but it's still there. Um, Kyle made me promise to let 2020 be the year that I go to therapy. And I promised. So PS, if you have any uh, great therapist recommendations locally, hit me up, send me a DM. Much appreciated. Um, especially if they work with chronic illness, that would be like extra, extra. Anyway, it's just, you know, I've lived with this for five years. I know that it flares. It happens post-holidays, are very common time. But I went down the rabbit hole of like looking through all of my labs and really, really like analyzing this for myself like I would for a client. And I spent over $2,000 in labs this year, like within the past six months, because I'm always... Part of me just loves the data. I geek out on that stuff. Um, Another part of me is like always looking for the next thing, like the root. What could it be? What could it be? How could I biohack myself? And here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with me. Everything. I mean, I even did a micronutrient panel and the only thing that was wonky was that I had low vitamin C. I mean, that's like unheard of, which, by the way, really speaks to the carb compatibility project because that's how I eat day in and day out. And all my nutrients, all my vitamins, all my minerals are like on target. Um, The only thing that was wacky was my cortisol levels. And so what this tells me is that my biggest trigger for my autoimmune situation for my flares is my stress response is my cortisol levels. HPA axis is the Achilles heel of the body. So when I say your hormone revival is like the place to start for anything, like I really really and truly mean that. So um hopefully that's a take home message. That was a re- when I like connected the dots in my brain. I was like That was a real holy shit moment of like, okay, so this is really stress. Like that is the thing that I have to, that, that perfectionist, that internal drive, that's the thing that I need to sit with. That's like the next stage of my healing is like really addressing that piece because my adrenals are going to continue to spin out and burn out with this attitude. So, um, Okay. We're at 53 minutes. So plot twist, this is going to have to be a two-parter. So I'm going to come back on next week and finish this conversation. We'll talk more about the, the, the benefits of cortisol. We'll talk about um, other things that can go wrong. We'll talk about DHEA, that that sweet sweet hormone um we'll talk about adrenal testing how to get tested all that kind of stuff and then we'll also go into causes of adrenal fatigue because there's many and i think and it just knowing just looking at your labs and assessing like oh boy i actually have dysregulated cortisol that's step one and then figuring out your root causes is step two so we will address that next week um I just don't want to do another 90-minute episode. I can't be pump, pumping those out every week. Nobody's going to listen to me anymore. <laughs> All right, you guys. So check back in next week. We'll finish up this conversation. In the meantime, head over to Aaron Hotel forward slash hormones and get into this program. You will not regret it. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. It'll be great. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you.